Welcome to Brave Church. Thanks for listening today. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. We're a multi-site church based in the Bay Area. You can get more information by going to brave.church. We hope this teaching helps you find and follow Jesus. everybody, welcome to Around the Bay. My name is Samuel Laws and I have the honor of serving as our lead pastor. And I wanna welcome you from San Francisco, San Ramon, Dublin, online, wherever you're at today. But we are shooting on location here in Muir Woods. Um, if you're new to the Around the Bay series, it's really fun. What we do is we go each week to a different location and we look at scripture together, but we're also learning about this beautiful place that we call home, the Bay Area. And so some other locations we're gonna be at this year is Lake Merritt in Oakland. And then we're gonna be uh, ending the series at Brave Church San Francisco. So it's gonna be great, join us each week. Uh, but before we jump into our teaching, Let's take a, a minute and I wanna share with you some quick facts about Muir Woods. So here's some quick facts from the National Park Service. Uh, Muir Woods is full of redwoods. Redwoods are the tallest trees on earth. In fact, the tallest redwood in Muir Woods is 258 feet tall. That's the height of a six foot person stacked head to toe 43 times. Um, redwood roots go down 10 to 13 feet but they actually extend 100 feet wide. Okay, redwoods interlace their root system with other redwoods. So this is what makes them so strong, why they can live for so long and withstand so much. Um, old growth redwood forests used to cover two million acres from California and Oregon up. And so approximately 95% of the ancient trees are now gone, mostly due to logging. But in the early 1900s, women's clubs mobilized to save coastal redwoods throughout California. Well, then Theodore Roosevelt used the Antiquities Act of 1906 to establish Muir Woods National Monument. In 1908, a guy named William Kent, he donated this land and he insisted that the site be named after the famed naturalist and cons conservationist John Muir. So that's how Muir Woods got its name. Um, Muir was influential in the preservation of wilderness and the creation of, of public lands. So we can thank John Muir, William Kent, Theodore Roosevelt, all these great people for why we have Muir Woods. And Muir Woods, it's just this beautiful place. If you haven't been there, we're surrounded by redwoods. The air is, is fresh. It's great for hiking. Uh, it's an awesome place to go visit with your family. So as I was praying about where we were gonna take this teaching, the passage that came to mind is Psalm 1. If you wanna go there, you can follow along. Uh, but in this passage, it talks about a person whose life is like a tree. In verse three, it says that this person is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Wouldn't you wanna live a life like that? Like you've got everything you need, streams of water, your life bears fruit, even in hard times, your leaves don't wither. Whatever you do prospers. I mean, that sounds like an amazing life. I wonder how your life lines up to that tree. A flourishing life 
is something we all want, to live a good life. And you know, throughout time and, and culture, people haven't always agreed on what a good life is, what makes a good life. But in the Psalms, the hallmark of this life is seen as knowing that God cares about you and then becoming receptive to his instruction. Uh, this roots our lives in truth. It makes us like a tree planted by streams of water whose roots go deep and whose leaves don't wither. It's been said that, that people don't care what you say until they know how much you care. They don't care what you have to say until they know how much you care. And it's the same way in our relationship with God. The more you understand, the more you know how much he cares about you, the more you want to hear what he has to say and more, the more you, you care about his instruction. Have, have you ever uh, cared about someone, maybe a friend, maybe a family member, and you just, you cared so much, but it's like you couldn't get through. Maybe you knew something that they didn't. Maybe you saw a train wreck before it happened, but nothing you said seemed to make a difference. Now, let's assume that your perspective is right, that, it, that it's grounded in truth. How frustrating is that? Like, what a bummer. When you want to help, but you just can't because they won't listen. Well, how much more do you think God feels that way when he looks at our lives? I remember a season at work where I was trying to do so much on my own. My heart was for good things uh, that I was doing for God and things that I thought would make my mentors proud and, and, and all these good things, right? But then I remember that one of my mentors and I, we, we met up to work out and he saw that I was just kind of bothered by something. And so he asked if we could have coffee afterwards. And so we were talking and I was telling him how, how I felt like this was just kind of a slow season, like I was caught in a lull. And so he, he told me, here's what he said. He said, Samuel, there are times like this, and then there are other times where life is like a storm, and you never know when the storm is coming. So appreciate the lull while you're in it. Now, that didn't make sense to me at the time, so I just charged ahead. I found ways to, to, to get busy, to fill my time, um, even when I didn't have to be. I was striving, I was pushing, I was just going, going, going. And then one day, it was like I hit a wall. Okay, I hit my limit, I was burnt out, and so I just decided, you know, I'm just gonna drive to the beach. I don't know what to do, but I'm gonna go try to meet God at the beach. And so I sat there and I was just wondering, God, like how could doing so many good things lead to me feeling this bad on the inside? Think, things that I thought would make, make you happy, that honored you, things that, that I was being cheered on for, right? Yet I felt so tired on the inside. It was at that moment that the voice of God came to me in an unlikely way. I was sitting there at the beach, as I often did, and I realized something. I couldn't remember the last time I was still long enough to hear the sound of the waves. It was as if God was breaking through my walls saying, listen to my instructions. As I sat there and heard the beautiful sound of the waves crashing in front of me, God was giving me the instruction that my soul was craving. Have you ever been unreceptive to the instructions that you really needed to hear? See, God, he knows exactly what we need. He created us. He knows exactly how to, to guide our lives towards flourishing like the tree in Psalm 1. So maybe you're here today and you're experiencing the struggle and the burden of life without instruction. You're like, you know what? 
I need some advice. I need some instruction right now because what I'm doing doing's not working. Maybe you know what it's like to live your, your life your way on your terms. And at some point what happens is we realize that the path that we're choosing for ourselves and doing everything you know, in what seems right in our eyes without any guidance from above, it doesn't meet our expectations. See, in God's grace, he often gives us enough space to come to our own realizations. He, he lets us burn out, but not crash and burn. He lets us find the, the bumpers, but not go off the rails. And so if your heart is for God, and if you're pursuing this instruction, if you know that he loves you, he'll never stop calling out to you. Yet here's what we need to catch, okay? The sooner that you stop and you tune in and receive this instruction, immediately your life gets better. So when you follow the way of God for your life, your roots go deep, they they spread out wide, there's a strength that you have that you can't get any other way. Okay, so the title of this teaching is A Life That Stands Tall. And we're gonna take a look at Psalm 1 for some guidance. So if you wanna go there, Psalm 1, And the first thing that we learn about a life that stands tall is from these first three verses. Here's what it says. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. The first thing that we learn about a life that stands tall is this. Number one, roots grow deep when we live deep truth. They grow deep as we live deep truth. Notice the phrase in verse one, the way that sinners take, which basically implies two roads. You've got two choices, two directions, okay? One leads to destruction and disappointment, The other leads to delight and happiness. The word used for blessed, it could also be swapped out for the word happy. Happy is the one who chooses this path instead of the other. This is the path of life versus death. Uh, When you think of a person whose faith that you respect, a person you think, wow, they're solid, they're healthy. Like they've just, they've really got it together. It's because they're rooted. They're able to survive and they're, they're able to make it through hard times. A person with deep roots is strong enough to live through some stuff. So so what makes their roots stronger than others? Their roots are where they're supposed to be, next to the water. The water is a symbol for God's life-giving instruction. With God, you have a resource that's always there for you and it can always be accessed. So how do we access the water? How How do we get a steady stream of instruction in our lives? This passage says reflect on God's instruction. In the understanding of ancient Israel, this was the Torah, which they referred to as the law. Now, when we think of a law, we think of rules and regulations. Like if you follow these rules, your life will go well. If you don't follow, these bad things will happen. But the basic of of Torah is instruction. It's guidance. That's not a list of rules. It is a law, but it's not just this list of rules. It's guidance. You know, instruction is also relational. It's not just a checklist of things to to do and not do. It's a process of discovering God's will for your life. This is how God has operated since the very beginning. See, when I I was uh, ignoring biblical wisdom 
and mentors who were speaking into my life. And instead I was just burning the candle on both ends for all different, different reasons, okay? When I was ignoring the rest that my soul needed and I was striving in my own strength, God didn't cut me off and say, well, Samuel missed it. Like this guy's not listening. I can't use this guy. It's just too late. No, he called out to me until I was ready to understand and receive his instruction. He let me get to a place where I was gonna receive it. Um, in every area of your life, where you've got a problem to solve or you're not flourishing or you just go, man, I know this could be better. When you get more receptive to God's instruction and you start making some changes, well, when you change directions and you start to see the benefits of God's instruction, you know what that leads to? It leads to happiness. You, you get delighted by it because you start to see firsthand Wow, he cares about me so much. And this isn't just about obedience. This is about something that God wants to do in my heart that just makes my whole life better. So one of the best things that we can do in life, if we want deep roots, is to intentionally carve out time to seek God's guidance, to read God's word and, and reflect, to show up regularly on Sundays and receive teaching or to pray throughout your day, asking God for guidance. Receiving instruction means, it means listening, it means reading, it means asking questions, discussing the Bible in a way that actually impacts your day-to-day -day life. I used to meet up with a group of guys who wanted to be leaders in the church. And we had uh, this devotion time together. So we, we'd meet up and we'd read the same passage together. And then we'd spend five to 10 minutes writing out what we felt like God was saying to us. And so during the, the sharing time, they would often share thoughts or reflections about some biblical concept or something they thought was interesting or maybe a big picture idea about God. And almost every week I had to challenge the group and I'd say, okay, but how does this affect your life? Like, what does this mean for you? How, how is this gonna change the way that you walk and talk? Why? Because this is how we flourish when we read and reflect, but also understand how are these dots gonna connect to my life? How am I going to apply God's truth? So if you want deep roots, it's not complicated, but it requires a commitment, a commitment to connecting the dots of truth into your life, into how you're living. Uh, let me ask you something. What in your life makes you feel rooted? Is it when your family's happy? Is it when your bills are paid, your house is clean? Is it when your emergency fund is at a certain point? Is it when your health is good? Because really what we're saying is on what Torah do you base your life? What values are you relying on to settle your soul? See, the way of Jesus says, the only thing I can really trust to base my life on is the truth that I find right here. It's in God's word. So number one, roots grow deep when you live deep truth. And next, let's take a look at verses four and five. It says, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. The second thing, if you want a life that stands tall, the second thing to know is this inner instability is a sign to examine your interior life. When your life feels unstable on the inside, that's a sign that you need to look at what's going on. Okay, maybe you're not sure how rooted your life is right now. Well, where do you, where do you feel unstable on the inside? 
Inner instability is a sign that it's time to, to take a look. A life that stands tall is able to bear fruit because it's not constantly being tossed around on the inside. The wicked have no stability, no rootedness, nothing firm to stand on. Because when your life is led by you, your passions, your preferences, your opinions, whatever you want, it's only as stable as your strength. When you're directing yourself, you only know what you know. You only have your limited wisdom. So when I think about how out of control I am in my own strength to control everything in my life, it's no wonder that the psalmist says, we'd blow away like chaff because we're not enough. We need God. Um, in ancient Israel, threshing floors were spaces often on the, the periphery of a community where farmers would create a circular space and then they would gather recently harvested grain. And here what they would do is, is they would beat the grain against the ground with a winnowing fork and the light chaff would be carried away by the wind while the grain would fall to the ground and remain on the threshing floor. So as a metaphor, threshing floors mark the point where we separate from the chaff of our lives. Okay, the stuff that needs to, to blow away. Chaff is, is an unstable material. On the threshing floor, what is usable is separated from what is unusable, which makes our lives more useful. So if, if your life feels unstable, maybe you've got some chaff that needs to be separated out. Maybe you've got some stuff that needs to blow away. Are, are there some changes that you could make? Well, what if the reason that you feel less connected to God is you haven't surrendered to the process of the threshing floor? Um, when you walk through mere woods, one of the things that you can't help but notice are the dozens of trees bearing the, the blackened scars of old fires. The flames burned into the heart of these trees. And some of the scars are deep enough and tall enough that you could put two or three people standing inside a living tree. Fire is, is such a big part of California summer, right? It's just like the winter rain. Like we know there's going to be a fire season. But when you think about our lives, fire is also a part of our lives. Did you know that redwoods, okay, they're resistant to fire. They're not fireproof, obviously, but they have thick bark and their wood is tough to burn. This is why it was so valuable as lumber. But God's purifying fire in our lives isn't meant to burn us away. It's meant to burn away the chaff, to make us more useful. Chaff is anything in your life that, that might be keeping you from being more useful for God and more useful for those around you. Chaff is anything keeping you from fully leaning into your purpose. This week, I'd ask you to pray and consider this. Is there something that, that needs to blow away in my life? Is there some chaff that I need to separate from? What, what you've been calling a heartbreak, maybe God sees it as a hand up to what he wants to do next. Maybe what you've been seeing as a, a setback, God sees as, as breaking up a stronghold that was keeping you from your true strength. So number one, if you wanna stand tall, you need to know that your roots grow deep when you live deep truth. And then inner instability is a sign to examine your interior life. And lastly, we're gonna look at verse six, and this is the most encouraging. It says, for the Lord watches over the ways of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Lastly, number three, the assurance of right living is the best insurance you can get. 
The assurance of right living, it's the best insurance that you can get. When I think about good insurance, it's gotta be full coverage, right? If my house burns down or my car, my car gets totaled, I'm gonna be really disappointed if my insurance doesn't cover it. If I go through a major medical crisis and I, I don't have good health insurance, I'm stuck. Well, in the same way as we go through life, there is an insurance that only God can provide. And it's a promise for those who live in a good relationship with him. In this verse, for the first time in the Psalm, we see that the Lord is the subject of a verb. It says the Lord is doing something. What's the Lord doing? The Lord is watching over us. He's watching over the righteous. Wickedness in Psalms is fundamentally to be self-centered instead of God-centered. Okay, it's an, it's an autonomy, which literally means to be a law unto oneself, to be self-instructed versus God-instructed. Well, earlier, you know, we talked about receiving God's instruction as a path to flourishing, but it's so much more than that. It's also a path of protection. See, wickedness here is equated to stagnation. There's no fruit, right? There's no, there's no prospering. Remember, the way of the righteous prosper. So one of the signs, you might not be a wicked person, but one of the signs you might be on the wrong path is you feel stuck. Things get stagnant. They're no longer moving forward in a way that bears fruit. If God is the gardener of your heart, if God is tending that soil and sowing seeds and watering it and taking care of it, the crop is gonna grow. In the American sense, we immediately think that this means earthly success, like money, numbers, up and to the right. And God cares about numbers and God measures fruitfulness, but he also measures things that we aren't as focused on, like how much we trust him. Well, how do you measure trust when everything's up and to the right? Or, or how patient we are with others. How do you measure patience if everyone around you is easy? God measures how much we love. How do you measure love without some people in your life that are tough to love? When we think of a flourishing life, it's not a beautiful garden with the sun shining and hitting the leaves and water flowing and everything just going perfectly. It's more like a raw and real environment with a tree that stands strong as the seasons change. There could be storms with lightning and wind, there will be fire, and yet this person stands strong. Yes, there will be fruit. To prosper in all they do though, it doesn't mean everything they touch is successful. It doesn't mean every season of your life is golden. No, it's more than that. It means that their life stands strong under any circumstance. You know, we often want a reward when God wants to give us a result. The result in your life is you didn't burn down. The result in your life is you made it to the next season. That's far more valuable than a reward. Maybe some of you listening today, you know, you've been praying for a reward, something that you want, something that you think will make you happy. Maybe it's been occupying your mind. If only I had this job, if only I had my kids under control, if only I had a husband or a wife, if only I had more influence, if only I was more liked or more popular, if only they respected me more. The list of rewards can go on and on, but God is more interested in giving us results that our lives are, are, are under control, even when we're surrounded by chaos, that we're able to be patient even, uh, and not compromise, even when we're still waiting on the desires of our hearts. A result is when our lives are useful to God and others, when so many around us are living for themselves. 
Results are, are when you have every reason to be overwhelmed and anxious, but you stand tall because you're living deep truth. You're connected to streams of living water. You've, you've got a greater source and the Lord is watching over you. You know, earlier I shared about a time in my life when I was really, really wrestling to, to heed God's instruction, to listen to the wise counsel around me. And that is not the only time. That's just one of the times. And so maybe you're here today and you're just having a moment of realization that I need to tune in. I need to listen. I need instruction. I've been, I've been more focused on voicing my truth, voicing my opinion, sharing my thoughts, processing with friends. But what if the most important thing you do right now is tune into God and see what he would say, to go to scripture this week and look for guidance. Let's pray. God, I pray right now for every person that is with us, every person that is listening. I pray that you would speak so clearly to them, that you would show them if there's chaff that needs to blow away, if there's a direction that needs to change, whatever it might be that you wanna do in their lives, that they might flourish. In Jesus' name, amen.